All right. Check, check. We are live. This is Meathead Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Shrum. It's just me today. I don't know if you saw it. Some of you did, and I hope you're listening. If you um, submitted a question on this new Instagram story feature, thank you, Instagram, because I really needed this today. It made my life so much easy, easier. If you submitted a question, I will be listing off all the questions below so you can see the time and the question and it will be easy for you to access. I'm going to go through so many. I had a, a couple reschedules and it was just a sign to say, let's just, um, let's just talk about stuff. I don't know why this is funny to me, but I just am so aware of how horrible my audio used to be before this really cool Scarlet 2i2. So somebody on my, I have an MFIT challenge uh, Facebook group, private Facebook group for everyone that does my MFIT challenges. And it's so dope. It, you have to like kind of, you know, it comes with any program. So it's not necessarily something that you can just jump into because I want people that are like in it. But that being said, I just gave you the name of it and you can search for it and you can access it if you want. But um, somebody somebody said, I just started my uh, Meathead Hippie podcast and I'm on episode 11. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad. I promise you the audio gets so much better. <laughs> so what I want to do is like go through all the guests that I had, specifically Stacey Sims, Dr. Stacey Sims. That was such a good podcast, but I like butchered the audio. And this is on my end. This is not my audio guy. This is like completely my equipment's fault. So shout out to Mike Bledsoe and the guys at Barbell Shrugged for hooking me up as in telling me what equipment to buy because I feel so much better about it. Plus, it's a pretty dope headset. Um, so anyway, so again, we are doing a Q&A. This is an, an Ask M. If you like videos and want more video demonstrations, then you should totally go to uh, the... Ask M YouTube series that I have. I used to do these all the time, hashtag Ask M, and then I would make a YouTube video about a certain topic. And I have so many on there. I think it's over 30 episodes and the topics are really outlined in the um, title. So if you want more video, youtube.com slash Emily Schramm. My Meathead Hippie podcasts are uh, or my Meathead Hippie swag is all back in stock. So I have uh, my unisex tees back in stock. I have my sweaters. I love those sweaters so much. And yeah, I think, I mean, I have so much going on that I don't even want to start talking about it because that's not what we're here for. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I want you guys to stay up to, up to date. But you know, you guys know, it's just a lot. And right now is not... I just don't want to go down the list. It's just a little overwhelming. And um, I decided that it's just, let's just jump into questions. Are you down? <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. You go to Instagram story, you make the question, and then you say more, and then you find, oh shoot, I don't even know how to do it. How do you get all the questions? Hold on one second. Oh my God, that took me way too long to find it. I figured it out. This is so cool because you can also see who asked these questions and I have it all right here. So um, we're going to start by uh, what brought you to Colorado? So this is Wanna Run 30, and basically this is based on the questions that I see, this is really going to be a lot of um, Emily's life story. I think some of you know this. If you've been around for a while, some of you do not. But I will try to make this less than an hour. So I grew up in Missouri. And when I was in 2008, so I was, two, I was 19 in 2008, I just had this moment where I realized I have never seen the ocean I have never been on an airplane. I have never been out of the country. 
And I'm a very stubborn, adventurous human. I was always a risk taker. I had had my motorcycle. You know, I'm I'm somebody that always jumped off the seven, 70 foot cliff. I just wanted something more out of life. And I just was very, uh, I just didn't care. I just wanted to do things. And for me to not have done some of the biggest things that I think everyone should do, I just, I felt so mad at myself. Like I have to do something about this. Why am I not doing anything. And so that was kind of the start of me just saying yes to everything. And I think that now there's a fine line of learning how, you know, when to say yes and when to say no. But when I really didn't know what to do, and I really knew that there was something more and this just burning desire inside of me that just was waiting to jump out of my skin. You know, I'm unhappy with where I was. I was supposed to be a veterinarian. I was pre-accepted into vet school. And I just felt like, you know, my whole life since I was three or four, that's what I thought I was going to do. I told everybody about it. I got a great, you know, great grades in high school, great ACT. So it was set. I was set. And so when I really just started understanding that that was not what I wanted to do, I, you know, I even had veterinarians tell me like, oh my God, just don't do it. This is not what you want to do. I was just like, well, shit, what do I do? So if anyone understands this place of doubt and darkness and uncertainty, please know that I've been in it so many times. And it was so, when I say dark, it was dark because it consumes you when you feel stuck and you feel like you're not doing what is fulfilling or not what you're meant to do. It's a very horrible place. It feels really heavy and it consumes you. And so it did. And so I just started saying yes. I started saying yes to going on trail runs or, you know, I went, (laughs) I tried to join the kayaking club, which ended up being kayaking in a pool. Cause (laughs) it's just, I just started saying yes. Like they made me nervous. It made me scared, but I just did it anyway. Cause I didn't have any other option. And this just really led to opportunities opening up. So, you know, so lucky for my best friend, Claire, we went to, for the first time, we went to Mexico for spring break, 2008. I went and I checked it all off my box. I went on an airplane for the first time. I saw the ocean for the first time. I um, just in that moment was like, oh my God, my life has just begun. And so then on August 808, because I'm obsessed with the number eight, I decided to save up all my money all summer. And then um, actually, this is random, but I was a product uh, product pro for the first ever iPhone for AT&T. So I was the first one to touch this iPhone. It was like a very big deal. I felt very cool. Anyway, that was my summer job. So August 2008, went to San Diego. So, and then I just was like hooked. I went, it was kind of this fun solo rendezvous trip, went skydiving on 808. And it was just this nonstop momentum that it just, this train wouldn't stop at that point. It was like, I have experienced life in a, in a way that is, I'm never going to be satisfied until I keep doing the things that um, light me up in this way give me that same feeling of jumping out of an airplane and feeling just invincible and that I could do anything that I can create the life I wanted. I just didn't know how else to do it. So I, you know, constantly battled, like there was good days where I was like, okay, I can figure it out. And other days where I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm still in college. And so I was working at Starbucks um, once school had started back in session, went back to campus and working Starbucks, a really early shift. And this is really how the reality TV show series <laughs> or the reality TV show thing happened because I was um, kind of being a, I, I'm not a morning person and I still, I'm still not. And I, I really loved espresso. So even after like six shots of espresso at 8am, I just was not in a good mood. And I remember his name was Dave, Dave Burberry, and he came in and he ordered a venti caramel macchiato. So shout out to all my Starbucks baristas out there. I still know how to make it. And he, you know, I just, in the process of this, making fun of the fact that there were real world auditions that I had found out about, it really turned into a conversation, found out he was a casting director and that became my audition. And it just led to the next thing, to the next thing. I remember calling my mom. I was actually supposed to go to Africa when they picked me to be on real world. I honestly was shocked. I just could not even believe it because it was just so out of the realm of possibility. And I hadn't ever seen the show and that's what was so, you know, just kind of Googling it and then 
watching an episode. MTV was blocked growing up because I grew up really religious. So I just had no clue what it was. And the episode before that came up was like real world Cancun, which is ironic. It was my first ocean. I was like, Oh my God. It was like the worst of the worst real worlds that you could have watched. It was just exactly what you would think when you think of real world Cancun. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, calling my mom like is this really happening you know I've wanted to go to Uganda since I can remember this was such a big trip for me it was the biggest trip I would have taken I saved my money for it and my mom thank you mom just so supportive I will always remember like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity we don't know what it is you don't know what it is but it's you just got to say yes and I you know I don't know if she exact exactly said that, but I knew I had to say yes. So it really, again, left for real world, came back. This is such a long story. I'm so sorry. One around 30. I hope this is, <laughs> this is not going to be an hour podcast, but I came back from the season. It was about a three and a half month season where you, we went to real world DC. I was really grateful because the, the MTV was trying, right? So they, they really were trying to put some political uh, it was it was just a more well-rounded show. It wasn't just let's get drunk, even though I'm, obviously that happened. But it was more of a let's see how it goes on TV, see how ratings are if we make a stand, if we talk about things that are LGBT rights. And, um, you know, all of the things that were happening in that time, I, it just seems so crazy. We're like way ahead of that. It was so long ago. But hopefully it stays that way with our current president. But I think it will because I'm an optimist. But the point being, um, I came back to Missouri and I just knew I could not stay. I was just, you know, especially after the show launched, it was very hard for me because, and this is hard, still hard for me is that I am, you know, I'm, I love people. I'll talk to, I'll talk to a wall. Like I'm a people person and I'm, that makes me really good at my job and it makes me really good at even serving coffee. It was just, I wanted to please people. I wanted to talk to people. And it was so funny because I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm being stared at. I don't, I don't know what this is. Like, it's not like I can do tricks. It's not that I have this like hilarious personality and, you know, that I'm just ready for this exposure and this, I don't want people to look at me like I'm, you know, and it wasn't always a positive thing. It was like, who are you? How did you get on that show? I felt that. And I just was like, oh my God, I have to get out of here. So I do what I do best or at the time. And I ran away. I was like, I have to figure out a way out. And so I Googled Starbucks jobs and there was a couple, um, ski resorts that were hiring. Obviously most ski resorts have some sort of Starbucks. And I applied to Keystone, Colorado, and I got the job within the next week. And then, then I said, Oh my God, I'm packing my car. I'm going to work all summer. And uh, on Halloween, I packed my car and I left. And so that was in 2010. So that was, um, eight years ago, almost nine. Gosh, it's crazy. It's already July, almost nine years ago. And it was just such a, uh, you know, it was a really big moment. This is going to get into more of my story, but for the first month living on the mountain, learning how to snowboard and just being in this beautiful, insane uh, place. There was nothing like it. But at the same time, there was really a pivotal moment where I decided, oh my gosh, I'm running away from things constantly. I'm still not happy. I'm still not finding, even in the snow globe place, um, I still can't find that happiness. And I, you know, I've struggled my whole life with uh, eating disorders and just not being happy with who I am, you know, constantly feeling like I'm not good enough. And I know that's always something I'll work on. And I think all of us can relate to that, but it was, it was still the same darkness, but then you feel more guilty about it because you're like, wait, I'm in Keystone, Colorado. I'm in the most beautiful place. I took action. I should be happy. And so it almost became worse because you're now, it wasn't that I was in Missouri in the, you know, in some cornfields being unhappy. I was in mountains being unhappy. And I had a moment where I looked in the mirror and I just said, Oh my God, it's just why I'm so sick of not loving what I see in the mirror. Why can't I be that person that I want to be? I don't want to be anybody else. I don't want to be Jillian Michaels. I don't want to, she was kind of the main person. That was really it. It was like, I want to 
I can do better than what I see. And to me, it was completely aesthetic. It was completely, you know, I want to look in the mirror and be so proud of it. Uh, And that's how my journey began. And really using the gym to fight off my sad days. Oh, I just got emotional. To fight off my sad days and to find who, find this human that I knew I always was, that I, that I was capable of being, but nobody had taught me how to tap into it. Everyone was teaching me how to be smaller, how to lose weight, how to eat less, and how to constantly feel not good enough in order to be better. I was so sick of that. I didn't want to puke again. I didn't want to go on another damn diet again. I wanted to literally be empowered by everything I was doing because every time I left the gym for the first time, I could look in the mirror and be like, holy shit, I'm actually really strong. I'm actually really capable. I'm actually meant to do these things. And that was this moment of the show had just ended. Uh, I was, you know, going through this big internal battle and all of a sudden I was starting to tap into this true power that I knew I had, that we all have. And I would see other people struggle as I started to learn more and more about fitness and nutrition. And at this time, it was mainly fitness. I knew that my job was to help anybody else who had felt sad about their body, who had looked in the mirror and felt not enough about their body, who had given up on what they knew they were capable of. I knew it was my job to change that. And I just I haven't stopped. <laughs> so I think that that was kind of how I fell into the career of business, how I fell into the career of um, online. You know, I, I can't say that I have a magic answer. A lot of the questions that you guys gave me are wonderful, but they're a lot about business and growing business. And I just, I got, I, I'm not kidding you. I'm stubborn and I'm lucky. You know, I, at the same time as I was going through this transformation, I was able to you know, tap into the same audience that was given to me for my first, first couple shows. And, uh, I just think the MFIT challenge, which was originally the superhero challenge, which I can't talk about because things happened and I'm no longer able to use the word superhero, but MFIT challenge is that starting place. It's that place that I want to teach people how to find empowerment through food and through movement because you are good enough. And I'm so sick of people telling you you aren't. And it's not that you're broken. It's that you just have been fed the wrong information. And this is really the, you know, if I ever write a book one day, that's like 100% what it is. This is, you're not the problem, the system is. So uh, that's what brought me to Colorado. <laughs> and I, um, I'm really uh, grateful for that question. That was a good 20-minute intro. Um, Okay, so this is a random fun question to break it up from Taylor P. 1994. Are you a shoe or flip-flop kind of girl? So I hope you're not somebody that has that creepy foot fetish, (laughs) which really exists. I like feet too, but I don't have that. Some people get a little weird about it. I don't know if you've seen those websites. Don't Google them. But I... Do not wear flip-flops, people. I'm just saying, like, they're horrible. They're literally constantly keeping your arch flexed. And so if you talk to, look up Kelly Starrett, and he has this really great, it's in his book, and it's in a bunch of his mobility pieces. He does um, Supple Leopard is his book's name. And it's constantly putting your body in this, like, arch position. And I think it's what, I used to wear them all the time. And so I've switched to Birkenstocks. So Birkenstocks and Reeboks are my, are my jam. Um, okay, another lighthearted question from Brandon, Brandon VU, Brandon Vu. What are you scared of? So I am, yeah, this is a great question. I am so, uh, I'm like a pretty stubborn human. And I think, you know, I grew up, oh, I still am like this. I just want to prove to people like, oh, come on. Like I was always the girl that plays. I wanted to play against the boys. I wanted to beat the boys. I still do. I mean, let's be honest. For the challenge, MTV challenge, all I want to do is beat. I wanted to beat Tio. I wanted to beat Josh. And I wanted to beat Johnny Bananas. Like I don't even care about the girls. I, you know, for me, it's like I want to beat 
the guys because they just they just are always underestimating females so I'm like the ultimate feminist so I've always said I'm, I'm you know growing up like I'm not scared of anything I'm not scared of anything and my dad has all these stories about how like I just wouldn't learn my lesson like I would catch bees and <laughs> you guys are learning so much I would catch bees and I would get stung I would cry and then I would do it again and do it again I just wanted I just apparently really wanted to catch bees this is like when I was three and then same thing about like big 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 slides and I just I don't learn my lesson very well because I just wanted to prove things and so when I say when you say what are you scared of um, my former answer would be, I'm scared of being scared of something. You know, I never want something to limit me. I never want to stop doing something. Um, because fear just is so mental, right? But that's not true. I have found out recently how fucking much I hate, I fucking hate them. I hate needles. I hate I hate them. I can maybe get a, I can get a shot and I can not get weirded out by shots, but people taking blood and, uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but it's, it's totally what it is. I can't believe that's my thing. I, I would have been so mad at myself for saying that five years ago, but it's true. When I see it on TV, when I hear people talk about it, I get this like weird feeling like, like I, my whole body starts, Oh, I just can't. So that's my thing. That's it. Oh, this is a good question. How to, uh, how do I find out what my spirit animal is? I get this asked a lot. So this is Cora, the explorer. That's cute. Uh, Cora, this is so cool. So everyone, if you haven't listened to Stephen Farmer and my podcast with him, he is the start of my journey with spirit animals. Spirit animals are tied into my teas. So every time you order a tea from herbalelement.com or amazon.com, because we're on Amazon, if you order a tea, it comes with a spirit animal card because that's how profound they are in my life. I had no idea, you know, power animals are what shamans really call them. And he'll talk about this in the podcast, but he talks about how, you know, we each have one and they can change with your life and you can have phases. And I totally believe that. But what really is true, it's like, it's like you either have to have like a spiritual journey to go through it, whether that be ayahuasca or whether that be like a shaman retreat or, you know, it's just kind of like this thing where when somebody really doesn't know, I just start and I ask, well, is there an, an one, is there an animal that you really relate to? Like think about in your childhood or currently, is there something that when you, someone talks about it or you see it and you might not know the answer right away, but now that you have that question in your head, you're going to start looking for it. And if there's something for me, it, it always was hummingbirds. That was the thing that I had with my dad. It was something that I was fascinated by them. And I just didn't want to be a hummingbird because I felt like they were too small. They were too dainty, but they're so freaking powerful. And I finally, when I read the description, so this is a book that he has called Power. Um, it's Spirit Animal Guides, and it's on my Amazon recommended list and also linked in his podcast. You turn to the page and it's an animal. And at the last paragraph is if it's your power animal. And when I read it, I just... I could, I lost my shit. It is literally, it could not be more accurate. I'm also part dragon. So hummingbird dragon, um, you can be two. So like Bradford is a bison raccoon, but cat, my assistant is a full kangaroo. So it's just fun. You just gotta, um, keep asking Rachel who transcribes all these podcasts for you guys. She's a jellyfish and actually Wade is a jellyfish as well. So I, I have found out everyone in my life's animal, except my sister. I can't find my sister Amy's animal. I'm having a hard time with, with that one. But for the most part, you just got to like look and explore and just think. Um, or you could just do a full shaman retreat that he talks about. Um, okay. So I have a couple challenge questions. So this is Rai Rai C-A, uh, S-E-A-Y, Rai Rai. What do you miss the most from the challenge? So the challenge, MTV Challenges, if you don't know, I was on three. I was on Cutthroat, I was on uh, X's, and I was on Rivals 2. And I won Rivals 2 with Paula, and then I called it quits, and then I did Champs versus Stars, where I raised um, $50,000 for Girls, Inc. Super rad, like the coolest experiences. The challenge taught me how much of an individual competitive athlete I am. I had no idea. I had only played soccer growing up. 
and I had rock climbed. And I realized through the challenge, even before I started CrossFit and before competing in CrossFit, how much I love the pressure of it is do or die. And I miss that so much. I, I crave the moment right before TJ or Mike the Miz is like three, two, one, go. Because it's the most, it's the scariest, like most exhilarating thing where there's nobody to depend on. There's no expectation or there is expectation, but there's no, no other chance. And you have to do it or you die. And I take it so seriously. And that's why I think I'm so ridiculously competitive in them and why I do fairly decent because I just, it's mental. There is no other option. No one will beat me, you know, and you, I just have that crazy mindset. And so that's what I miss the most. I know I sound very psycho. Some people will relate to that statement. Some people will be like, holy shit, she's crazy. And I don't care because I am crazy. I think that it, that drive, there's another question about, um, she just had it. How did, so Sel, Selby 92, how did you get so fit and what keeps you motivated? And Selby, I really, so I, you know, I kind of talked about the fit people. What keeps me motivated is that I think I just, I don't compete with anybody else, but I compete with myself always. Like I want to be better. I want to I want to look in the mirror and stay proud of who I am. I know what it looks like when I'm not proud. I know what it feels like. All of us in some degree suffer from mental, mental issues. I see a lot of this on social media and as much as I'm grateful for that, um, awareness, it's so true. We all have it, right? We all have struggled with it. And so I think, or we're currently struggling with it because that's, it is, it's related to food. It's related to gut health and it's related to the ability to push your body and find the things that fulfill you. So if I can keep my food in check, which sometimes I don't, but if I can keep my movement in check, which sometimes I don't, and then on top of that, I find something that's really fulfilling like my career. Uh, and then I just, you know, if one of those pieces is off kilter, I won't be motivated, but I know what it feels like to be motivated. And I know how it, all those pieces kind of have to be in line. Maybe not a hundred percent. Maybe my food's not a hundred percent, but it's 80%. Maybe I'm not going to the gym. Um, but I am doing something really fulfilling, whether that's charity work or volunteer work or doing something like, drawing and singing and the things that light me up, if there's some of that missing, you got to make up for it in another way or the motivation is gone. And, um, that's why I'm so crazy about supplements. I take supplements because they keep me in balance. I'm about to launch the body awareness project part two, and it's all about adrenals and stress for the entrepreneur, for the shift worker, for people that are on the go. Um, actually this is a perfect leeway about the stress. This is from Zorky 22. How do you deal with stress on the go, busy day, stressful deadlines, etc.? I just, I have to know, you know, there's going to be times where I push myself too far and I do it. And then I'm just so exhausted the next day. It's never the day of, it's always the next day. I overtrained, I under ate and I just kind of did a little too much. And I think there's certain things that if I keep them in balance, if I do a little bit of everything correct the right supplements. So for me, it's, I'm a big believer in B vitamins, methylated B vitamins, because I have a methylation issue and B12 issue, B12 anemia. So that's a big one for me. I also love turmeric, especially if I have some brain fog or just like high inflammation. And I also really love mushrooms and cordyceps. And then I do all the teas that I sell are herbs for a reason. Like I, I love them, ashwagandha and uh, reishi. And then I also do a lot of, um, rhodiola. And so there's just certain things that I have to have included in my diet because I know I'm going to overstress. I'm, I mean, I, I work a lot and I don't like when people talk about how much they work, but I kind of, I don't tell people a lot of what's going on under the surface because it's overwhelming. I had somebody ask me to do an Instagram live takeover. I'm like, you guys really don't want to know what I do in a lot. It's not glamorous. Like you know, me and my team were running around like psycho, getting ready for expos and getting ready for events. And 
I, the podcast to me is my break. It's my connection because I somehow feel like I'm talking to you guys and like riding in the car with you and like holding your hand. Like, I just feel like I'm connecting and I, I, luckily I get to have guests. So it's usually not just me, but the point being it's a lot. And the only way I'm able to do it and the only way that I know I can do it without falling off the cliff, which I've done before is to be aware of all the things that make my life good. And that's connection. It's my food. It's, I can't do gluten. I, ref, I it makes me a psycho. I'm not kidding you. It's not just my skin, dairy and gluten. It's not just my skin breaks out. It's a, I just like don't want to get out of bed and I'm just impossible to be with. So there's just other things, um, that really add in and that keeps me motivated. It keeps me being the person I am. And I promise if you feel really low in motivation, if you feel really heavy, you know, it might not just be mental. Look into something like maybe I'm anemic. Maybe I have low iron. Maybe I do have some methylation issues that you can see in gene testing. I do nutrition genome. I have a great podcast with him. His name's Alex Swanson. And I actually film with him for a body awareness project to talk about how it ties into circadian rhythm. You know, there's so much. And the biggest thing is we just don't eat enough damn vegetables. If you if you have gut issues and bloating, that might be you eat enough vegetables, you're just, you don't have good gut health, but maybe it's that we're not breaking down that food. We're not absorbing those nutrients and maybe it's just, you're not eating enough. I mean, you really should be eating them at every, at every meal. Oh, this is Amber, Amber and Bama, Amber and Bama. She also asked vitamins. So I check Amber and Bama. Um, do you deliver, oh, I wanted to say this in an accent. Do you deliver your merchandise to Australia from Miasi Baka? I don't know if I did that. If you're even Australian, I'm sorry if you're not. Uh, I hope that was, yes, I do. All my shirts and swag, my Get Strong shirts, my Meathead Hippie, we do do international. Um, what is your favorite type of workout class? This is from Lexi Davis 7. Well, my favorite workout is... Uh, really mixing functional fitness and barbell with some bodybuilding, which is what platform strength is going to be. So my favorite class is going to be open in September. Come to Denver and check it out. Um, John, John Abel. Uh, oh, so many good questions from John Abel. Um, okay. Do you believe eating past a certain time of day affects weight loss? That is an excellent question. So yes, I do. There is something really cool about our body's ability to detox when we are not having a full stomach. You have digestion and detox that both happen in what's called a parasympathetic state. So a non-stressed state. And this is all talked about in the Body Awareness Project. So what's really cool is that if you allow your body the time to detox, which happens mostly during sleep and not worrying about digestion while it should be worrying about detox, really cool things can happen. And it's, I can't say that when you detox, you lose weight. That's not, you know, and all of this, just so you know, disclaimer, it's on my website, but in case you haven't been there, in case you haven't been a part of the challenge, I am not a, doc a doctor. I'm not diagnosing. I am only helping support and, and, help you figure it out. So this is not a diagnosis in any way, but detoxification is so much more than just, uh, yay, my liver's happy and I'm going to sleep well. It's saying your hormones are going to get regulated. Your, your body is going to learn how to get rid of waste. You're going to get rid of toxins that you don't know are causing inflammation, which is a huge issue for people that can't lo lose weight. It is literally holding on to things when you can't get rid of them. And it's not saying that all of a sudden you're going to lose weight overnight. It's just saying you are optimizing your ability to get rid of the shit your body doesn't want. And that's the same thing why people lose weight when they cut gluten. It's not necessarily because gluten was the this huge like calorie. Now they don't eat all these gluten calories and then they lose weight. It's that your body, if you eat something that has gluten, and your body reacts to it and you become inflamed by it because your body says, I don't know what this is, or it's not optimal, or it's not, it's not processed in a way that it used to be. Therefore, this is 
responding poorly to my body, to my joints, to my gut, to my brain, if you take that out, no longer are you causing a system of stress that you didn't even know you were doing. There's stress that's called life and then there's stress that's systemic. And I talk about this so much in the Body Awareness Project. Systemic stress is such a huge issue for people that you don't even know. Like our, our cup is supposed to fill up a lot. But when we have all these things like gut health issues, digestion issues, acid reflux issues, those are still stressors that you don't even realize are happening that are causing your cup to overflow in ways that mean I can no longer lose weight because I am so stressed out. And I know this is a big answer for a lot of issues, but the problem for weight loss isn't necessarily your macronutrients. It's not necessarily your workout program, although those are two pieces that are huge. And my MFIT challenge, it's the best $21 you can get. So much information on those two components if you haven't hit those yet. But if you're looking at hormone health, if you're looking at detoxification and toxins and gut health and adrenal health and cortisol and all these other building blocks that cause lack of weight loss, then absolutely avoiding eating before bed can help with detoxification. So I try to, I mean, I'm horrible at this. I try to really not eat after 8.30. Um, Some people say to eat before 8.00. You want to allow at least 12 hours, and this is something that ties into intermittent fasting, which I will find the name of who asked me that. Um, Intermittent fasting, 12 hours is not considered intermittent fasting. That's just called breaking, or it's just called don't eat. It's called nighttime. So I think it's like 8 to 8, ideally. So if you eat breakfast at 8 a.m., you would stop eating at 8 p.m. That is really, really good for people to learn how to do. Is it easy? Absolutely not. I say aim for 10. And if you get lucky, you can hit that 12. Intermittent fasting is when we extend that fast. And so this is super cool because you can really dial in, you know, what works for you. If I intermittent fast, this is just, I've talked about this before, but if I intermittent fast too much, I stress my body out because I'm just not getting enough calories. So if I am being really active in the gym and I have my ass and abs program, which is so dope. I love it. My newest six-week strength pro- strength training program. It's awesome. Um, if I'm doing more activity and I'm only inter- am only intermittent fasting, I cause um, I cause more stress than ha- I cause more harm than good. And so there's a couple reasons for that. One, I don't think I'm getting breakfast is I'm basically cutting out a meal that's uh, a huge protein bump. And for me, I'm really, I really got to get that protein for me to see results. Two, I have so, like I said in earlier in this podcast, I have so many issues in my past. I have so many things that I try to do for my body and I'm not saying it can't recover, but there's a lot of eating disorder issues. And I think my body, if I don't eat enough, it's just, you see that stress happen. And what that looks like is lack of definition, um, you know, some just, not seeing the results I want. I don't see as big of gains. That's really what I see is muscle definition changes. So it's just not happening. So for what I suggest is one, and again, this is like, seriously, I'm so stoked about this body awareness project because the biggest thing for adrenals and stress is to control blood sugar. So we tap into this. If you feel like you have, um, you're kind of like a hangry, (laughs) a hangry asshole. I don't think intermittent fasting is smart. The way I would do it instead of not eating anything is by doing MCT oil, ghee, or butter in the morning for coffee instead because you have no carbs um, and too much protein would kick you out of, it would it would do the same thing that carbs would do ultimately. So it's a very lower protein, um, higher fat breakfast, which avoids spiking insulin, which avoids triggering ghrelin, your hunger hormone, and avoids, and this is all the meal plan basis of the MFIT challenge is like we want a higher fat, good protein breakfast, but we keep carbs very low. And if you can do that, you can dabble with the effects of intermittent fasting without actually not eating. So I do that more than just not eating. Um, some people go 14-hour fast, 16-hour fast. I just don't do well with that. It's not good for me in so many ways, but it's cool because I know I'm a fat burner because I can go six hours without even thinking about food. 
And that means that my body is able to really tap into the fat burning, I put quotes, fat burning state where I know if I drop my, if my blood sugar is dropping and I am really, really crabby and I'm hangry and I'm an asshole, it's so much more about the food you're eating. It's your blood sugar dropping that's causing that. And that's not a good thing because it means you're not able to utilize fat as fuel. I have another great podcast with Mike T. Nelson. It was very recent. Uh, I really think that it, what's really cool is how he talks about metabolic flexibility and we talk about keto. So Maria G has a great question about keto. So I'm going to get into this question for keto and you know, it's about being able to utilize carbs and fat as fuel. People that go keto, 20 grams, 30 grams less of carbs a day. <sighs> you better be, I mean, you, you just, bleh, bleh. okay, what are my thoughts? Um, let me gather them because they, it can be very powerful for a lot of people. They're mostly men. If you have cancer, if you have Alzheimer's, if you have health issues, if you really, really want to try it and you get a blood ketone tester and you're all in, then fucking do it. Just go for it. But do not dabble in this place of I'm keto because I had a keto fat bomb and I have very high fat, but I still am craving sugar. I still can't go four hours without eating. I still am going crazy in the morning and now I'm starting to gain weight. This is happening over and over and over because just like I talked about how gluten can cause inflammation and weight gain or lack of weight loss, if you do not digest your fats, if you jump into eating MCT powder, and fat bombs, and you cut all your carbs, and you feel like I'm doing everything right, and it's just not happening. And then your gut is exploding, and it's bloated, and <laughs> things aren't happening right in the bathroom. You are causing so much stress and trauma to your body. And I talk about this so much because I did this in my original MFIT challenges. I put almost I mean, I don't think I even talked about another option except keto. It was so low carb because I was responding so well to it. And then these people were like, oh, my gut's not going well. And then I realized that gut issues, bloating, digestive upset, acid reflux are all signs. If those are not dialed in, you will cause more harm than good because everything happens in your small intestine. If you are not absorbing nutrients, it doesn't matter if you have a grass-fed steak with avocado and the best green vegetables that are low carb in the world, you will not absorb those nutrients. Everything that you eat, everything you chew, the way your spit breaks things down, the way your small intestine absorbs it and puts it into the bloodstream, that is how you get nutrients out of your food. Your body is built on nutrients. Your body is built on breaking down particles of food into vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin D, vitamin C, all of those things that we talk about and how healthy they are for your brain, for your body. They will not happen unless you absorb them. So when you have a higher fat diet, and you're coming off of a low-fat diet. So you said, maybe we did, even zone I think is too low-fat. I swear to God, 30% of your calories from fat is just like, I can't even imagine doing that again. If you have been low-fat or non-fat at any point in your life, and you jump into keto or even a higher-fat diet, your, your gallbladder, the way it functions properly to produce bile that digests fat, your pancreas also digests fats as well with some secreting some lipase. So pancreas and gallbladder, a little bit in your saliva, but mostly those. If your body is not prepared for it, I really do think that it just causes mayhem. And what happens is your gallbladder starts to get slower. Your bile isn't as good. Your fat breakdown doesn't happen as well. Sometimes it's slower and slower and gradual and gradual. And then all of a sudden it says, nope. I'm not doing it, doing this anymore. So one, slowly increase your fats. Do not jump from low fat to keto. Um, I believe in a adapted keto approach. So everything that I do for the MFIT challenge is um, around 100 grams of carbohydrates a day. So same thing I talked about with Mike. It's like about this metabolic flexibility. I want to use carbs when I'm working out, especially if I'm working out hard. Anaerobic exercise requires glucose and carbohydrates. And so I want to be able to use them when I need them. But I also want to go five, six hours without food. And so there is this transition period where it's just, just, 
you know, everyone's a little different. Some people do really well with 150 grams of carbs a day. Some people do really well with 80 grams of carbs a day, but most of the sweet spot. And for me, it's around 125 grams of carbs. Everything goes better (laughs) in so many ways. My cycle, my menstrual cycle, my daily cycle, like everything. And so that's my sweet spot. Not saying that everyone you know, keto is bad, but it's just be aware of the warning signs and do it correctly. I have so many podcasts with people on keto. You can see it with Anthony Gustin on his podcast. That's on emilyshrom.com slash blog. Ethan Godwin, we did a podcast. I did a podcast with um, Live in La Viva Low Carb, Jimmy Moore. There is lots and lots of things that I've talked about with this if you want more, but I think if you're interested in being a high fat diet person, whether it's intermittent fasting or unlimited energy or brain function, you have to just sign up for my MFIT challenge. I know I'm not trying to be as giant promotion for it, but it's 21 bucks and it's the best thing ever. And it's food for sustainable, fat adapted lifestyle. Boom. Okay. More questions. Um, TMS yoga and fitness. What is your favorite Olympic lift? Ah, the snatch. I know this sounds so weird and maybe it's slightly inappropriate, but I feel so sexy when I snatch. (laughs) I feel so strong. It's like, oh, I'm such an athlete. And it took me so long to get it and I just freaking love it. It's my favorite. I also like like to jerk. Jerking is cool. Bam. And you make really loud noises. And it's kind of embarrassing right now because I'm at a global gym. Um, Anyway, okay. BG Boludo. How old am I? I'm 29. I'm turning 30 this year, guys. Ugh. I'm, I don't know. I need to like eventually be yay about that, but I have like a very big pre 30 uh, bucket list item that hasn't happened yet. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I just send good vibes, send good vibes because I want it to happen before I'm 30. Um, so some of these questions I've answered. So this is great. So thank you for asking these. Um, oh, this is a good question. Jamie Jammers, what's your go-to wine? So my sister is a badass boss at this winery called Paul Hobbs in Sonoma County. And we actually have been trying to do a podcast together so she can school me on my knowledge of wine. She hates it because I only go by the label. But I'm a I'm a, a Tempranillo, kind of like red, juicy wine. And then I also really love Paul Hobbs. Um, she It's this like incredible, gosh, she's going to be so mad at me for not knowing it. Uh, but it's a Cabernet. And it's I don't like Cab caps, but I really love this kind. So look it up. Paul Hobbs. Some are ridiculously pricey. So I'm not talking like the high class ones. These are like, but they're, you know, they're still expensive, like maybe $30 a bottle, um, but well worth it for special occasions. Um, Khalid Ambin. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Not a question, but I appreciate that so much. I appreciate all of you guys so, so, so much. Um, Savannah Cruz said, what helps motivate you on days you don't feel like getting shit done? Again, if I really have hit the wall, there's times, you know, this is kind of going into the entrepreneur talk, like I pushed it too hard, right? So like sometimes I have to allow myself that rest day. I have to give myself grace. And then there are times where I'm like, nope, you got to do it. You got to push yourself. So there's always this line. Sometimes you feel better and sometimes you feel worse. Uh, and This is huge when you're looking at stress and adrenals and not overdoing it. On one hand, we hear if we just start, if we just do it, just go to the gym, just make it happen. You'll feel so much better. So what I do is at eight minutes, if I don't feel better in the gym, so I have warmed up, I've like moved, I maybe put my hands on the barbell and I just feel like the weight of the world is on my body. And after eight minutes, I still don't feel it then I stretch and I, I go home or I go to the sauna. Um, as far as my work, you know, I'm kind of, again, it's that competitiveness, like with work, you know, there's times where I have to allow myself white space where I don't have to do anything. Like if I don't allow myself that space sporadically, whether that's listening to podcasts or whether that's writing or whether that's reading or taking my bath, I'm obsessed with my bath. If I don't allow that, then 
I will get into that point where I don't want to do shit. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do shit. But I have been really good at making sure that I honor those moments of, I'm going to just take a bath. It's going to be 30 minutes and then I'll do emails. And when I do that, I am always ready to do more because my job excites me. I am so lucky. I'm so aware of how lucky I am. I know I worked my ass off for this and I have so much more work to do, but I really do have an incredible job. I'm I'm doing Q&A via Instagram. This is incredible to me. I'm just so grateful and I'm so grateful for every listener, for every review that's, that's been left, for every question. You guys are just, I, I don't thank you enough. I just wanted to say how grateful I am. Um, okay. Tangent, uh, Hawaiian child, how do you motivate yourself to constantly enjoy life? It doesn't come easy. Same thing I just said, like you really, you know, I choose this life. Like I, I didn't always enjoy life and sometimes I still don't. And so I have to find the things that light me up. I found personally, like I have to do something that scares me very frequently. So I have to do, and not even just scare, but like, I'm not talking like give blood. Like I talked about with needles, but like I have to do something that is hard. And that's why I love working out is like, I, that switch that happens when you do something hard and you remember how capable you are, that has to always happen. Whether it's with business, whether it's a phone call or an interview or a risk that I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to apply for it. Let's see what happens. Just do it. Like I have to do those things because they, they keep me like engaged. They keep me like on top of it. So, um, other things that I love, I have to travel. So I am a huge, I love going to the airport. I just love it. I love it so much. I love, um, risky activities. So snowboarding, um, my motorcycle, uh, I love surfing. Things like that are really, really important to me. Um, birth control question. So teach, travel, train, please listen to my podcast with Dr. Lara, Lara Bryden. We did a really great podcast about birth control and hormones. And this book, um, the period repair manual is in my body awareness project part one. So if you have any sort of skin and, um, a lot of people are put on birth control for skin and acne. And that was my issue. I was on it for, uh, so long on and off for so long. And so that was a huge thing for me was learning how to, um, really just learning how to like understand hormones and that she does a great job in that podcast. And again, if you have acne, please look up, go to the body awareness project.com. Would you consider making your own evolve motion fanny pack court Hathaway? I've been working on this for a while. I have something cool coming. Mm. Do I want to talk about marijuana? Jessica221, what do you think about marijuana? Um. Okay, so I didn't know if I was going to answer this, but guys, I'm a fan. I think that um, CBD specifically, hemp CBD is actually going to be a part of Body Awareness Project with Adrenals because it's so powerful. I did a really great podcast. I know I keep referring you guys to other podcasts, but I hope that this helps. The conversations are bigger and you'll get way more information. Um, But the BAM Van, look up the uh, BAM Van, B-A-M-V-A-N podcast. And all of these are on emilyshom.com slash blog, or you can go to iTunes or Stitcher and there's a list, but sometimes the list isn't chronological. So emilyshom.com slash blog might be easier. We talk about kind of the misconceptions of CBD, especially with hemp and then THC, which is the psychoactive. Um, I, if I do partake in marijuana, I do the ones that are very gentle to my lungs. So I don't know if this is going to, it's just it's more of a vapor. And so it's like a little bit easier to, it's never anything crazy. It's not like I'm, I don't actually, I hate out, I hate edibles, but I sometimes do this thing called packs. It's like this little tiny vapor and it's good for, it's not like a big chunk of smoke because I feel really unhealthy when I do that. So I don't know if I've never talked about marijuana, but I I just went for it. We're doing a Q and a, so I am in Colorado. It is legal. Uh, I forget that it how un- illegal it is in other places. When I travel, I'm like, oh shit! It's like this is a 
big no-no. Like people are hiding and crazy and I hate that. I hate the stigma, but at the same time, like people aren't talking about it. So if I can help with the stigma that it doesn't make you lazy, it's actually kind of quite fascinating when you, you know, I love herbs. So of course, when you look at strains of marijuana, if you even just, even if you don't partake in it, if you start going down the science of like strands and how they're made and how they're processed and what they do for anxiety and then what what does for pain and what does it, it's actually really kind of cool. So just educate yourself. If I just totally turned you off, I'm sorry. Um, but I just don't think it's as big of a deal as people make it, but it, it used to be because it was just shitty marijuana. Like it was just smoke, smoke a joint and eat a bunch of pizza. Like I get that. That's a totally a true, true stigma, but now things have changed. There's so much more to it in, in a really powerful way for people that not just, not that just have pain or anxiety, but depression and, um, you know, just other things. So I just be more open to it. If you aren't, uh, I think there's, there's always a, there's always a learning experience, whether you partake or not. Um, Cisco beef. Hello, Cisco Beef. Who was your favorite real world roommate? My favorite roommate was Mike Manning, who got married. He got married last year and I got to go to his wedding. He was my twin. We called each other, called each other twins because we actually, same color eyes, same color skin, same color hair. And he was just my person. So, and he was the first person that got me to come to Colorado and said, oh my God, you're going to love snowboarding. I came to visit him. Uh, when I still was working at Starbucks and then we took a couple shots of tequila and snowboarded down a mountain. I broke my wrist (laughs) and I never wanted to, I never wanted to leave. So he really was the reason that I picked Colorado and I just wanted to learn how to snowboard. So Mike Manning was my, was my boo and he still is. I love him so much. Um, okay. So the most, oh, this is a good question. I'm going to kind of wrap up and if I haven't, (laughs) if I haven't answered yours, I'm going to screenshot all of these and I'll do this again soon, but please let me know you like it. Cause like sometimes I don't, I post things into the world and the comments are so helpful. If you like it, please tell me, cause I don't know if I should keep doing it or not. (laughs) So whether you leave a review on, on the podcast or whether you just comment on the picture that it's posted, please tell me to do it again or don't do it again. I won't be offended either way. Um, Jean Andrew, uh, Jean Drews, Jean Drews, what's the most beautiful place you've ever camped? Oh my God. Rivals or X's two. We, I got a camp on an iceberg in Iceland. It was so cold. It was like negative 20. I was last place with Ty because my dogs wouldn't sled. Like it was like sled dog race and the long story, but the dogs were doing really well. And then all of a sudden they hit record on the cameras and then three, two, one, go. My dogs didn't do well. We lost the sled dog race. And that meant that I got third place. And then we had to get the coldest tent with no, no padding under my sleeping bag. It was horrible. It was just so cold, but it was still so beautiful. I loved Iceland. If you have questions on my food, on my nutrition, um, I have an highlighted Instagram story and I went through it one day, my macros, my fitness pal, I start talking about the MFIT challenge. So, if, uh, like Christy Gracie, Christy Graceo, how can you figure out what macro split works for me? I really suggest going and looking at that. Jess Ann Olson, what liver supplement do you take? I take glutathione and I take um, folate, obviously with my B vitamin. My B vitamin is Nutrient 950 from Pure Encapsulations. It's linked in my Amazon list. Those are my two big ones. Um, I sometimes take with my herbal coffee, burdock root and dandelion root. But for the most part, I stick with glutathione and some bees, some good bees, methylated bees. Um, okay. I, I think this is it. Oh, barbells and bronzer. This is great. So I just was in Missouri for Thanksgiving. That wasn't just, but I always try to host workouts when I come back home and, uh, I will definitely make sure I let you know, I go to steel plate CrossFit is where I go in Missouri And I do talk about melasma and hormones in Body Awareness Project. I actually talked to someone specific on melasma and how tied in it is to insulin and gut health and liver health. So please check out Body Awareness Project, the skin. Um, 
I think that would be good. She's 26, chiropractor for Denver, Denver Metro. I love Dr. Rachel Yan, who's more of a nutritional functional practitioner. So it's more of a gut health adrenal. And I also love Dr. Lauren Kodike. Both are a part of my Body Awareness Project Part 2. So I'll be posting more on them soon. But I have done po- podcasts with both of them. And... Um, I'm trying to think one my one more question. I love this. Alex, the right side of wrong. Who are your mentors? <sighs> when someone asked me who I wanted to be, I said, I want to be a mix, a female mix of Joe Rogan and Anthony Bourdain. And it breaks my heart because I really miss Anthony Bourdain. But the point being, I really... I'm kind of just, I don't know. You know, I love, I love, I love people that are just unauthentically themselves and they just kind of have paved their own way. And Joe Rogan, I've been watching since I was 13. I love Fear Factor. I told my mom when I was 13, I wanted to be on it because I love that stuff. And, um, I just think he's just, just such a rad dude. So in a way he has always been that's on my goal, on my bucket list, is to be on his podcast or for him to be on mine. So if you know him, put in a good word. Um, but I think my mentors are really like, you know, there's a couple badass bosses that I f- are, I'm very connected with. And these are my shout outs. All of them have been on my podcast. <laughs> so I, I want females that inspire me in my life. I don't want females or males in my life that... Um, you aren't, aren't living their life that I know they could live. And that's, what's hard for me is when you're looking at starting your own business or being an entrepreneur, it's so many times people trying to replicate what they think should happen. So I don't have the best business advice because it's so much, you know, with a product, I have a product. Oh, this is a question. I totally forgot to, you know, I have a business and I want to create a product create something that doesn't already exist, or if it does exist, how are you going to make it better? My dream job is to be able to do angel investing for companies that are just starting off because I'm obsessed with it. I'm not there yet, but I will be because I just think there's something so powerful in an idea that doesn't exist and has potential, but just doesn't know where to go. And so if you want to create an idea, if you have an idea, you know, one, just make sure it's just really, it's new, it's fresh, or it has a spin on it that makes it set, set apart because it's so, it's so much more powerful in that way. And I think that that's just step one. Step two is like the mentors that I love back to the question is like, I want people that are paving their own way. You know, of course we all have inspiration, um, but you can't keep doing it like everybody else. And it's going to, it's, it's just, it's not fulfillment. It's, um, you going through the motions and you checking the boxes and you might pay the bills with it, but it's just not something that I want to align myself with. So for the people that I'm talking about, I, I just had a podcast with her, Cody Sanchez, um, paleo chef, Mary, Mary Shinoda, Diane Sanfilippo. Those are, you know, kind of the three women in my life that I see doing their own thing. I have so much respect for them. They are people in my life that I can text, I can call, I can um, even just comment. And it's just, it feels like this tribe of women that is just slowly growing and getting bigger. So those really are my mentors. Um, but I'm, I'm constantly trying to learn, you know, I'm, I'm a creative entrepreneur and I'm trying to be a better <laughs> business savvy, you know, I want to franchise this gym one day. So it's, it's really just like constantly growing and learning and taking my creative brain and making it more detail oriented. And if it's not quite there, I'm, I'm giving myself patience, patience on that because I'm allowing my team to grow and fill in the holes that I know I'm not going to do well. Um, so I have an incredible team and I'm just very lucky with the people that I work with. It took a long time to get to this, but it, you know, it's slow and it's steady and it's day by day and you just start building and creating and just sharing your knowledge my biggest final piece of advice, because this is something I thought about a lot on my road trip that I just did, is that I get asked a lot, like, how do I, how do I get bigger? You know, I'm a nutritional therapist, but where do I go from here? And how do I get online clients? Everyone that I, I love that is doing the work that they're doing, 
started one-on-one. Like, I'm not saying that's always the case, but if you're doing online work, be sure that you know how to do one-on-one work first. Be sure you know the answers to those individual clients that you take and you absorb and you practice and you learn one-on-one before trying to jump into a scalable online business. Because what makes you good is seeing all these things, seeing case after case and scenario after scenario, clients after clients, as a personal trainer, as a nutritionist, as anybody, you cannot scale. You cannot constantly think of growth until you know how to be one-on-one with somebody, until you know how to constantly understand that you're never going to know everything and you're going to have to see a lot of people before you realize that. Um, and it's good to have some some confidence and to say, I can help this. I can really fix this. But then the more people you see, the more people are like, wow, I constantly am going to have to keep learning in order to get this and in order to be the best practitioner, in order to be the best trainer. And those are the best and the most successful people. They're confident and they're good because they know that they're always learning and they're always relaying information in their own way, but then never getting satisfied. And I think that's just a very simple blanket statement for anybody that's a trainer and nutritionist. Um, it's so easy to see somebody doing something and say, I want to do that. That's exactly what I want to do. But you got to do it in your own way. You are put on this earth with your own personality, your own thoughts, your own gifts, and your own things that light you up. You know, when you talk about something, what makes you super excited? What makes you just, I want to post about this every day. When people ask you questions, do you get crazy about deadlifts or gut health or mental health or sleep? I mean, I know these are like very niche topics, but apply this to any job, any career, anything. What lights you the fuck up and incorporate it into what you really want to do. And then you can monetize it in a way that's authentic and true and will be successful because it's your own take. It's your own output. Um, and I, I think that's my tangent on that. (laughs) There's so many good questions. I hope I got to enough of them. Um, I think you guys are all wonderful. Again, this is a long podcast, but I'm closing out. I'm going to post it. Please tell me what you think. And I will be back with uh, the Body Awareness Project, or sorry, I'll be back with me at Hippie after the Body Awareness Project, which will be finalized on Friday. So I'll have a great guest for you next Wednesday. Bye.